Welcome to the My Baby Craniosacral Podcast, where I share stories of the babies I've treated, tips for professionals and parents, and demystify this amazing healing modality. I'm Megan Beams, your baby bodywork mentor. I'm obsessed with all things birth, babies, healing, and plain old being a human. Join me while I sink deep into craniosacral therapy. Also, hit subscribe so you never miss a thing. Now let's get into the episode. Hello and welcome to another episode of the My Baby Craniosacral Podcast. I am your host, Megan Beams, and today, what are we going over? We are going over laryngeal malacia. That squeaking sound, what is that? Well, that squeaking sound that some babies make when they're breathing, that's called strider. It's also known as laryngeal malacia, and there are some causes that are very significant for this. So in this episode, we're going to go over possible causes of laryngeomalacia, which include excessive tissue in the larynx or the voice box. It can have weak laryngeal cartilage or shortened laryngeal muscles. Now, one of the big factors that I've noticed for strider is actually vagal tone or decreased vagal tone. So the vagus nerve is responsible for the function of the larynx. And it's a nerve that can get restricted or stretched and even compressed during gestation and labor process. So we're going to go over that a little bit later on in the episode because it's something that I'm, I feel very strongly about. So in some cases, the cause of laryngeal malacia is unknown and then treatment is focused on controlling the symptoms. So again, in this episode, I'm going to go over some of the causes and how CST can possibly ease some of the symptoms. First up are the structural or the genetic causes. That would be excessive tissue in the larynx, and that is a genetic cause. This is one of the most common causes of laryngeomalacia, and that's when the vocal cords are too long or too thick. The walls of the larynx may be weakened by an extra fold of tissue. And that is known as an arytenoid web. There could be weak laryngeal cartilage. So the larynx is actually made up of cartilage and it's responsible for keeping the airways open during inhalation. But if it's not strong enough, the walls of the larynx can actually collapse and that could be causing strider. It may be shortened laryngeal muscles. This is where the muscle of the larynx is smaller than normal. And then the tension in the throat causes the strider. The laryngeal muscles work to open and close the airway. And if it's shorter than usual, it can lead to a collapse of the laryngeal walls during inhalation, just like a weak cartilage. And then the resulting would be that strider. So those vocal cords will rub together when they're inhaling and it go <laughs> just like that. And it's pretty scary for some parents. They, they're they wondering if their baby can't breathe or if they're having a, a lot of issues with breathing. It tends to be a cause for concern for a lot of parents. The next possible cause is vagal tone or decreased vagal tone. And that's something that I have noticed. And it really comes along with gastroesophageal reflux. I've noticed a correlation between the two. So strider and reflux. And that would be because of the vagus nerve. It is responsible for the functioning of the larynx, and it is also involved in the functioning of the esophagus. So when 
reflux and strider are combined symptom presentation, then I always look to the vagus nerve. There is a decrease of function in the vagus nerve for whatever reason, whether it is structurally compromised or perhaps there is emotional dysregulation. So if you know anything about the polyvagal theory, you'll know that the vagus nerve is super important when it comes to a baby's functioning. Their systems are regulated by the vagus nerve, and it can either be in a regulated state or a dysregulated state. In a regulated state, all of the systems work really well. In a dysregulated state, those systems do not work very well because that vagus nerve is actually in shutdown mode. That's a whole other podcast episode, but if you know anything about the polyvagal theory, this will resonate and you'll understand it. At the beginning of my career, it felt really lonely as an infant craniosacral therapist. I didn't know if I was doing it right or how I could improve. And you're probably worried that it might happen to you too. And it's holding you back from chasing your dreams. Well, here at BMCST Training Center, with our programs, we have an online platform where you've got direct access to graduates at all levels. We don't just teach you the materials and send you on your way. No, we want you to succeed in your career and feel confident in your skill. We are here to support you and be your virtual community of infant craniosacral therapists. CST Foundations, our stepping stone course that leads you to infant craniosacral therapy, starts in January. So go to beamcst.com, that's B-E-A-M-E-S-C-S-T.com to enroll today. We limit students to 20 per class to keep your learning journey intimate. Now, one of the other things that may be causing Strider is a tongue tie. And that is because structurally that tongue restriction in the throat is so close to the larynx that it could be pulling on the muscles within the larynx. And that's where the strider could be coming from. So what do I do as a craniosacral therapist to help ease symptoms for these babies? Honestly, the first thing I work on is the emotional state of the dyad. So I check if the baby or the parent are showing signs of being emotionally dysregulated. And if they are, what I do is I work on increasing vagal tone. And I do that through bonding experiences. So lots of skin to skin, helping that baby to feel safe and comfortable. This will help to bring that baby into a state of rest and digest. Again, that is where the vagus nerve is in the best healing and functional state. So if this parent is looking anxious or showing signs of even a little bit of emotional dysregulation, then I want to make sure that these two are working well together are feeling comforted, supported, calm in any way so that this baby has an easier chance of having an increased vagal tone and so that that vagus nerve can work better. If that vagus nerve is working better, the muscles in the voice box or the larynx are going to have better tone as well. They won't be floppy or they won't be too tight. Now, if they're not showing signs of emotional dysregulation, then I'm going to check the anatomy. When I'm checking the anatomy of this baby, first thing I look at is their rib cage, and maybe there's a decreased range of motion in either rotation or expansion because perhaps they're just having a hard time breathing. And I find that the compensatory muscles used to breathe, which are in the neck, can actually be making the strider worse. And then it's just a vicious cycle. So this baby has trouble breathing using their diaphragm, so they use muscles in their neck to lift the rib cage. Then more use of their 
smaller muscles in their neck causes more tension in their neck. And then this puts strain on the voice box. More tension there, more strider. Again, it's a vicious cycle. So by improving the function of the diaphragm muscle, which is the largest muscle when it comes to breathing, we're going to reduce tension in the neck. And then treating the vagus nerve itself. I want to check for tension along its pathway and see if it's restricted or if it's compressed anywhere in the cranial base or in the neck, in the suboccipitals. It could be anywhere along that pathway that is causing it to be dysfunctional. So freeing up the tissues around the vagus nerve along its pathway is going to help improve the function of all of the systems that it is responsible for. But in this case, it is responsible for the muscles within the larynx or within the voice box. So for these parents, again, for home care, what I'm going to do is get them to do a lot of bonding experiences. So maybe there's going to be some humming to vibrate the vagus nerve and increase its tone and lots of baby wearing. So this baby feels safe and protected. And that's going to keep them in that rest and digest state rather than a stressed out state. And these babies who have strider often have feeding trouble. And a lot of times we'll either need to be on a bottle or even tube fed. So they'll have that tube placed in their nose that goes directly to their stomach because they're going to have a lot of trouble with the function of their mouth and their throat. So feeding inside lying to keep the milk from pouring down the back of their throat and into their airways can keep this baby from coughing and choking on the milk. If they're not being tube fed and they are bottle fed, then having this baby pace bottle fed so that they have more control over the flow of milk is going to be really important. And letting parents know that, yes, this baby will get better eventually. I hate the waited out game. That's not at all what I'm doing here. I am giving actual tips and tricks and really trying my best to help these babies to have a better time at breathing and feeding. But yes, they will grow. Things will get stronger and things do generally improve over time. All right. So just to recap, what can cause laryngeomalacia or strider are structural abnormalities, and that's due to genetics. And sometimes it's caused by vagal tone, which is part of the emotional state or emotional dysregulation of this babe. And we, as craniosychotherapists, can help laryngeomalacia if it's caused by nerve dysfunction of the vagus nerve. And we can give home care tips for these parents to help alleviate some of the other symptoms that come along with strider, such as reflux. All right, that's it for today. And if you have any questions or if this brought you anything, I love hearing when people had an aha moment from these episodes and receiving emails from folks <laughs> saying that they listened to this once or maybe a thousand times. I love it. It helps me come back to the mic and provide this information for you. If you're interested in learning with me, my next course is starting in May. That is Infant CST Level 1. And that is a virtual course. So I would love to meet you in a virtual person online so you can bring some of these techniques to your community and help out the babes who are having a hard time with feeding, strider, reflux, and all of those things. I hope you have a wonderful day. Hey, before you go, my Craniosacral Foundation's virtual only course is open for enrollment. That's right. 
you can learn craniosacral from your very own home. Whether you're a health professional working in the perinatal world, a manual therapist looking to expand your current practice to include craniosacral, or helping babies and families is your passion, there's something in this course for you. You can significantly change the lives of the people in your community. And when you register, you'll have immediate access to the course materials so you can get learning right away with three three-hour live virtual classes to help guide you through the curriculum and an online community of fellow classmates and alumni, this program is here to support you every step of the way. Registration closes soon, so follow the link in the show notes, and I look forward to seeing you in class.